do you talk about the difference between a covenant and like a contract? Um, or uh, do you, did you define for your kids, um, here's what an agreement is like that's more breakable? I'm trying to think of how to talk about permanence in terms of what impermanence looks like. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's Wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hi, friends. I had a text conversation with my old friend Jeff, and he was asking me a question about talking about divorce with his children. He's going to give their ages when we start. And I thought, well, this is a fruitful conversation. Uh, uh, Let's record it. So we hopped on the phone and uh, the audio suffers because of it, because of how we recorded it. But um, I think the conversation is helpful for a couple of reasons. One, not not only because of the specifics of talking to your children about divorce, that really, <laughs> that's a, a very practical question these days, but also we get into simply how to teach, how to teach children, how to lay foundations. And one thing that you're always looking for as a communicator, by the way, some of you might not know this, I, I, I got a communications degree. Jeff and I have written screenplays um, together. He still writes screenplays. I don't do that anymore. Um, And I'm also a professional uh, uh, speaking coach to executives. So I'm really used to trafficking in the waters of how how to put messages together. And one really important thing about teaching anyone is that you have to start with what they know and you have to build, you have to build a foundation and you get into universal truths first that must be laid. And then you can build on top of that um, um, more complex ideas. It's exactly the way that we, ch- we teach children the ABCs. Then we teach them how to string those sounds together so that they can make two-letter words. Then you can make a word that goes P-O-P, pop. And we don't tell them we're we're teaching you how to make pop make pop because we want you to read shakespeare someday and we want you to be able to write operas you know we we simply start at, at basic fundamentals and we build from there so that's kind of the stuff that jeff and i are going to get into is how do you lay foundations in your children in such a way that when the slings and arrows of society that come against them will those foundations will stand um so that we do talk a little bit about protecting your children um keeping them innocent which is something i really believe in in their first 6 or 7 years particularly um and in that same time it's no good just uh shielding your children from every uh, bad message if you don't also take that same time to lay foundations in them what's the point of keeping them sheltered if you're not doing something with that time so here we go let's let's hear from uh me and jeff 
Hi, Jeff. Nice to have you. Well, tell us about uh, what, what's your what's your itching issue with your youngsters? What's what are their itching issues? Well, aside from a hay fever, their itching issue. Uh, we have what's that passed down? Yeah, it's it's just it's part of the Davenport legacy. Okay. Sneezing, wheezing, and itching. That's what's on the family crest. I have two daughters. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, and we've sheltered them pretty well. We don't we don't let them see a lot of stuff that that lets them, you know, dive deep into violence or world events or things like that. Good. One of those things is divorce. We've we've not touched that subject because we want to make sure hey, the idea of marriage isn't a question for them. We don't even want it to enter into their minds. And so my wife and I have been uh, careful about that. We were reading a book out loud to them, a story, uh, a novel kind of thing, and divorce started creeping in. Well, I'm reading it out loud to them at night, so I just skip over that stuff, and it was Uh all, all fine. And then we were, you know what? We were watching The Greatest Showman, which is one of their favorite movies, which is a fairly for a PG movie, fairly innocent. And we were watching it with my wife's mother and our oldest Charlotte turned to her grandma and said, yeah, they just got divorced. They got divorced. And so Kristen hears this, my wife hears this and goes, okay, A, that's not what happened in the movie. So clearly this isn't a very good movie. And B. uh, And you not follow the plot points, honey, or what? Golly, this is really simple. The bearded lady wants to... (laughs) So my wife's ears perked up and she said, Charlotte, how do you know what divorce is? And she says, oh, I just know it's in books and stuff. Books? What books? Oh, I don't know. And so she keeps pushing her on it. And then she said, Ramona Quimby, age eight, which we're usually pretty good. She finally says, you taught me. All right, mom, I learned it from watching you. She said, I I learn it from watching your stories. You watch your stories during the day and there's all sorts of uh and she may, which we that may or may not have been the book but um at some point it was in there and then when beverly clearly is that right beverly clearly that's right mm-hmm. but that may not be the book she's read a few of those yeah. and when kristen asked her well what is it she said well it's it's i'm trying to think what she said but something kind of close but not really when two people um just stop being together i think that's what it was stop yeah. being together and so kristen went well, daddy and I want to talk with you about that at some point. I see. And so tonight we're going to have a little discussion with her. We've got a few talking points, but I, I reached see. out to you. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So as I, as I said, I think in the intro of this episode, my both for both of us, I know you're a teacher and we, we always want to go as far upwind of current questions and issues that, as we can so that we can establish foundations that apply broadly. And we, we don't want to give our kids um, legalistic rules to live by as much as we want them to understand principles of, say, holiness. You know, I, um, we, we were talking in my house this week about bad words. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm minding my P's and Q's as they're quizzing me on bad words. And <laughs> one thing my kids said was, um, 
we heard you after we went to bed. You were watching a show that had bad words in it. And my wife and I were watching 30 Rock. And they had heard bad words of the show. I was like, yeah, yeah, bad words. You got to make decisions about them. Next, next card. Can we, next cue card? Yeah, your mom loves that show. Jeez, I'm always like, come on. But Boy, why can't we watch more stories about evangelism? Um, <laughs> So, so what I did with my kids is that um, very early on, you know, I have one of those humongous um, post-it note, like poster pads behind the piano. And whenever like on a Shabbat, I might pull that out, rip one off and paste it against the wall and, and design a simple concept about something. And so I think we had gone through in some sort of elder work that I'd been doing uh, at our church. I had been dealing with not only um, marriages dissolving, but watching people um, walk away from their commitment to the church. Um, That sounds strange. Um, I don't mean our 501c3 i mean jesus's program of the church and like nagging out of um, a matthew 18 kind of a situation or reneging on a a contract business contract and i wanted to establish for the kids specifically the order of the home i always wanted to do that early on and I'm, i'm sure you've done that but we talked with our kids about um, the relationship between say myself and the and the mother that lives next door they're Christians so what's my relationship with that woman where well we're friends we're also brother and sister in Christ now how does that different from my relationship with my wife and the difference is this magic word, and this is what I would this is what I would dive in on and talking with the kids is covenant. Is I would talk about covenant with them, and it is so important. I believe that that word is glorified in their minds, and that it is so precious to them. And it's something that you never will tread underfoot. It's something you'd never be careless or thoughtless about, and I also want them to understand. And, you know, whenever you talk to your kids, your wife is listening closely, you know, and and if if ever I have another father around or a disciple around, I want them to sit in on those conversations because guess what? Our wives love hearing us talk about covenant. And so to say to my kids, what is it that I have with your mom that I don't have with the Christian lady next door, this covenant, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm going to feed you some points, Jeff, about covenant that one, that covenant is, um, it's something that changes your identity. It, so an easy way to, to, to describe that for mom is that it, it changes her name. Um, when when we came into our covenant, mom changed her name. That's how profound it was to changing who she was. And when she had you, little Susie Q, 
it changed the way she talked about herself for the rest of her life. She became not just a friend and not just a child of God, not just a daughter. She became a mother. It changed her identity forever because she became your mother. It changed her identity. And so for me, when I talk about, so, so the verse there would be, the two will, will be joined together and they'll become one flesh. They become something new that's never existed before. And I actually, I remember drawing that on my little post-it pad, drawing a man and a woman together and then drawing a circle around them and to say they become this thing together that didn't exist before. They're, they're not just a guy and a girl who've decided to hang around together for a long time. They're a new entity in themselves. And so that covenant thing, that's what we call a marriage, is that covenant thing. And because their, their identity got changed in this thing, they kind of, uh, I, would, I don't know how I would phrase this, but they kind of lost themselves in that thing. They kind of got blurred into that thing. They merged into this thing. So Bible says what God has joined together, let no man ever separate. So you could say, you know, if I, I don't know, you can you'll you're good at analogies but you could say if i if i take some some water that's got blue food coloring in it and some water that's got red food coloring and i put them together what happens to them they it becomes purple water and can you ever get the blue water out of that again no it's over they've become a new thing that's what covenant is they we have merged into one another and so you could say like your mom and i we will never ever, ever, ever leave each other. And I, I say this to your mom, and she says this to me, we'll never leave each other. That's what covenant means. And I, 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 I don't know if I had the presence of mind to start uh, there. I think that's a helpful thing with kids because it's concrete. But then you can, I want them to learn about covenant between, between God and Israel and say that God made a promise to Israel. And let's pull out a couple of verses and see that he said, this land will forever be yours. You will forever be my people. So let's think of, there's some Bible verses, we know them in Ephesians 5, that say that it's like God is a husband and like Israel is a wife. And he's decided he's going to merge with them. What does that sound like to you? They're going to say it sounds like a covenant. That's exactly right. Matter of fact, God made multiple covenants with Israel. And so when we get in on God's promises to Israel and we get those promises, guess what? He's in with us. He's in covenant with us. That means he'll never, ever, ever leave us. That means that we are in relationship with him forever. This is such a precious thing, girls. Oh, we're going to we're all going to pray. I'm using language that I use with my family, but we're going to pray as a family when it's time for you to get married. We're so excited. That's a family decision. That is such a big deal. We're not going to just cross our fingers and hope you date the right person. We're all going to be looking together. I'm going to be looking among all the young men that you know, and I'm going to be asking God, which is the right man? And you're going to be asking that. And we're going to be praying and thinking and talking together. And then when it's time, you'll come into covenant with this man and it'll never, ever, ever stop again. So I think that's, I think that's profound to, to establish 
um, covenant, that it that it changes um, your identity, that it's um, insoluble. Biblically speaking, it's insoluble. Um, I like Tim Keller's phraseology. He says that a covenant is a promise of future love. It's not just how I feel about you right now. It's a promise of future love. Um, and you might could tell them in the Bible, um, there's always blood involved. And I, I've said that to my girls. They didn't ask, you know, the uncomfortable questions that would that would pursue that because I went right to God in Israel and he had them cut up animals. And um, But for, for people who are listening to this and don't know, um, the first time a woman has sex and there's blood involved, um, that's, that's establishing of covenant in God's, in, and that doesn't mean that if somebody had sex before marriage that they're in covenant with that person. I just mean that God's intention is that when covenant is enacted, there's blood that's shed that's part of it. Um, I would also, I'm about to give you a chance to uh, react, but um, I would also say, now this is my, th this is Stephen, Stephen putting two and two together. This is not in the Bible, but I believe that the relationship that a parent has with a child is also a covenant. There is bloodshed um, when, when that child is born. And there is a relationship established there. I, I mentioned this when, 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 when a woman can start using the term mother, it changes her identity. Um, and that relationship, I tell my kids, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, where you go, who you're with, what shame or honor you bring to me, you'll always be my child. And that's a covenant. That's a clear picture of a covenant. And um, also with the covenant that just comes to mind that when we're talking about the change of identity, when I'm in covenant, you cannot get to know me fully unless you know all of the places where I have covenant because they, they're so profoundly affect my, my identity. I can't make a new friend at a coffee shop and, and spend a couple of hours with him and him think, well, I really know him. You don't really know me unless you've met my wife because she's part of me. You don't really know me unless you've met my children because they're part of me. And there's also, while we're on the subject, um, scripturally, you also obviously don't know me if you, if you don't understand my relationship with God, which is the most profound covenant I'm a part of. Um, and lastly, um, the Bible uh, tells us that you can have friendships that are covenant friendships, where you cut a covenant. That's the biblical phrase, is you cut a covenant there's the shedding of blood that happens when you make a covenant with someone. Um, Abraham and Lot, they, they, they killed an animal between them. And Abraham said, I'm going to choose you over me forever. And that kind of relationship is the kind of relationship that uh, David had with Jonathan, where they just said, I'm, I'm in it with you forever. And I'm going to choose you over and above me. And it doesn't matter what you do. I, I'm connected with you forever, as if you're my brother or as if you're a blood relative because I'm, I'm committing myself to you. So um, that's where I would start. What, what are your reactions to that? That's great. That's, that's all great. I like the covenant stuff uh, primarily. And I think that's a good foundation point. Do you talk about the difference between a covenant and like a contract? Um, or uh, do you, did you define for your kids 
um, here's what an agreement is like that's more breakable. I'm trying to think of how to talk about permanence in terms of what impermanence looks like. Yeah, I, I think that we have talked about that, but I don't think when I first was teaching covenant, I don't think we got into that because I wanted them to understand, you know, I'm, I'm highly invested in having my children be highly invested in our family. And I want them to, to see that they're connected to each other in a unique way. They're connected to me and mom in a unique way. They're connected to grandparents in a unique way. They're connected to cousins in a unique way. And I want them to understand that. Um, we have, you know, we're kind of in an interesting season where we're talking a lot about business with our kids and we are talking about contracts with them. Um, uh, but no, I, I know for sure. Cause we talked to them so early. I think we got into this probably at maybe four and six when we started getting into covenant. Um, and I'm sure that we didn't introduce contracts in there, but your kids could probably, probably understand that. And that might be helpful. Um, we got into that because we heard murmurings on our street of kids talking about, uh girls married to girls and boys married to boys and so obviously in the way that i'm talking about covenant and marriage um you know i'm asking my kids could a could a man ever have this kind of relationship with another man in a covenant of marriage of course not no of course not could two women ever have this relationship of course not well what if somebody said I don't care what God says. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I'd rather ha I'd rather that I was in a relationship with another man like this and we'll tell everybody we're married. What do you think of that? What would God say about that? And the girls are just <laughs> running around the house screaming, waving their arms like it would be unclean. You know, they're just like that's un unthinkable. Well, obviously it's unthinkable. So I, we didn't get into, well, some people do this. I just, I just taught it as a, as a mate. What if people, what if somebody wanted to do this? Or what if somebody said, we just really like each other. We're not going to do the covenant thing exactly, but why don't we have kids in a family, but we won't do covenant. And then they're, they're also totally nonplussed. How, how could you do that? You, that wouldn't be a secure way to start a family. The kids wouldn't even know for sure that the parents were always going to be together. You, you couldn't do that. You're right. And I just, you know, I just leave it at that. You're right. That's nonsense. And God would never stand for that. Um, and so, so I'm trying to just set that, that, that we, we laid that, you know, foundation years ago. And then as things come against that, we always refer back to covenant. So, um, well, I, you know, Jenny's family down the street, we hear they're, they're, they got a divorce or they're getting a divorce. They got it. They're getting a divorce. What does that mean? I'm asking the kids. Well, I think they don't want to be married anymore. Well, that's weird. What do you think God says about that? Well, God says that a covenant is insolable or whatever <laughs> that you can't, can't be broken. By the way, I know that might strike listeners as 
untrue because of what a lot of evangelicals have taught for a long time. But I, I, I won't go into great detail. I could about divorce, but I'll just say Jesus says whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery. Now, adultery is, is a sin of a married person having sex with someone else outside of their covenant. That's adultery. So when Jesus says, whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, we should go, well, how is that possible? I thought they ended the previous divorce. So how is he having sex outside of his marriage if he's getting a new marriage? And Jesus would say, it didn't go away didn't go away as far as I'm concerned. That carries into, you, you can find that if you just take that logic throughout the scriptures, you'll, you'll see it. That's, that's the way things are talked about. So um, when people talk about divorce, I mean, when our kids talk about divorce now, then we will remind them of, of course, any kid who gets into divorce waters go, goes through insecurity because they apply it to themselves. So I would go over to, uh, uh, covenant again with them and say, now, what is covenant? How does covenant work in God's plan? How do, what does that mean to our family? Well, that means that you'll never leave mom. That's right. And I'll never leave you because we're, we're in covenant. And so my relationship with God is, is, on a, is on a one-to-one with my covenant with him, my covenant with mom, my covenant with you guys, my kids. Those things are all wrapped up together. And um, if somebody if somebody we know, somebody you know, wants to walk away from their marriage, um, what are they, let's, I'm just asking the kids now, what are they saying to God? Well, they're saying that we don't want it, we don't want your covenant anymore. We don't, we don't want to be in covenant. Um, that's right. Now, I don't mean when I say we don't want your covenant, I mean the offer that God has for man and wife to walk in this unique relationship. I don't mean that they're saying to God, I don't want to, I don't want to know you anymore. But they're saying this offer that you have for me to walk with my wife in covenant, I don't want that anymore because it doesn't work for me. So how do you, what do you think God says about that? He's so sad. And so I would take them to Malachi chapter two and, and I would show, or is it three? Um, and show them that God hates divorce. And so Malachi 2, God hates divorce. So we need to know this about God. And why does he hate it? He says that it's violence. He considers it violence against the other person and against covenant, the concept of covenant. Um, and so how should we feel about Jimmy down the street? And his parents getting a divorce. Well, we should feel so sad for him. You know what? Why don't we pray right now? God, would you protect little Jimmy's heart? And Lord, his parents, oh God, would you make their hearts soft? We ask for forgiveness to be a part of that scene. Um, you know, you could teach them that um, this is what happens when unforgiveness. I mean, to me, you can't talk about divorce without talking about the, the consequences of unforgiveness. Because there's no such thing as divorce without unforgiveness. Um, and I don't know. I, I, so I would want them to know two things simultaneously. One, the dire and profound consequences of doing violence to even the concept of covenant and that, that, that has societal 
implement, you can word this however you want, that has societal implications. It makes people inside and outside the church think less of, of marriage because they just think, well, I could go in and out and it's all right. I could end this one and start this one. Not in God's eyes. That's not how it works. And secondly, I want them to see the, the, the gravity of it. And I want to build into my children mercy, um, sorrow, forgive me for using a popular word, empathy um, for, for the, the trauma that people go through in divorce and go like, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. It is not God's heart. Um, those are my thoughts. Do you, this is all great. Do you add anything? Have you added anything on how uh, they should process people who were married, got divorced and got remarried? Um, we know, we know some people in that category and we, as we're talking about it to them. Now, l let me just make the case, especially for people who are working with younger kids, the things that I'm describing, just leave them, you know, just let them harden like concrete in your children's hearts. They're, they're, this is this is the this is one of the values of of Jeff what you're describing about protecting your your children from all of the confusion that comes from uh, society at large and all of the permutations of here's what we think family is and um, the the knocking down of the walls of the Ten Commandments basically and and just life amok. Children are not supposed to be able to process that stuff. So what we're doing with our children, what you're doing, you're describing, I'm just describing it for anybody listening, is you're trying to protect them from the, the confusion and entropy of the, of the world system, lay simple foundations in them, and as they mature, then they can deal with if you will, exceptions where these rules are being broken. They'll be able to say, I know in my heart that these are God's standards and I can see where people are breaking them right and left. And, and across the board, we want them to have in their hearts one God's standard poured into their hearts. That's our job as fathers, to train up a child in the way he should go. What, what way he should he go? He should go according to the Lord's word. And we want to build into them a, 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 a grieving and a sadness and a mercy for those who run afoul of God's, of God's ways. So now I've forgotten your question. How do you talk to them about people who got remarried? Oh, so, um, so as they age, then of course, these, these complications are introduced more and more. And so we, we would say to them, you know what? Um, I, I'm going to, I'm trying to think of a fake name for friends of mine. Um, Billy, uh, well, we know our friend, Billy Jones, our good friend, Billy Jones. Um, and you know, they'll be like, well, I thought they'd been married. Y'all said they've been married for 10 years. How do they have a 20 year old son? Well, that's a, that's a good question there. Um, well, Billy Jones, he, he was married before. 
and he he had two wives before and he was divorced and now you we all know Sharon is as his wife but that wasn't his first wife and then I'm this is just so standard for me and I and I hope it is for dads out there where when when a complication like that uh, arises we would just ask our kids questions so what happened to the covenant that Billy made to his first wife? He's done violence to it. That's right. That's what Malachi says. He's done violence to it. And how, what did God think about that? God is grieved. God hates divorce. Yeah, that's right. God is grieved by it. And um, Billy also knows that it was sin. And he's confessed it. We've talked about it before. And I've prayed with him about that so that he, he can be clear of that stuff. So how do we feel about Billy now? Do we, are we angry at him because he's messed up God's law? No, we've all broken God's law. That's right. We've all, and if they aren't giving these answers, I'm feeding them these exact answers. We've all broken God's law. So covenant is, <laughs> covenant is a bigger offense to the Lord than uh, a, a little white lie. It, it's a bigger offense to the Lord than I said I ate one Oreo, but I ate two Oreos. And I know that you probably already know this, Jeff, but uh, while I'm on this soapbox, I'll just say the, the popular line that a sin is a sin is a sin. That's not founded in scripture. Um, a sin is a sin. So when we talk I mean, I'm quoting directly from evangelical pulpits. So we would always tell somebody in homosexuality, I'm a sinner the same way you are, and I do things that are wrong, and they're just as wrong as what you've done, because I struggled with sex before I was married, and that's the same. No, it's not the same. Uh, matter of fact, just read, just read the scriptures, and you'll see there were specific penalties and specific sacrifices required of various sins. And God put them in categories. Now, any one sin will send you to hell. That's true. One sin will separate you from God. But there, there are, there are different, um, different gravities of sin in God's mind. He doesn't call every sin um, an abomination. Um, and, and he takes, the reason I'm saying all that is because he takes um, covenant particularly seriously. So, so strong is it that if you read um, the first few chapters of Jeremiah, where God goes describing about how Israel um, had committed adultery against him, the Lord would say, I'm justified in sending you away forever for the sin of adultery. And uh, I want to build that kind of gravity into my children just so they can have a godly worldview. Yes, it'll keep them from sinning. That's true. But that's not my main goal. My main goal is that they would have God's view of the world. So they would walk around going, wait, covenant is particular of particular interest to God. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to, to talk with our kids about being gracious um, receptive of people who have run afoul of God's laws and also see that I have broken God's laws as well. So, and, and I mean, you're smart enough to know those things build on one another. And so 
um, the, that's the reason I want to actually want to have a conversation about it because just if your kids ask a question that's like realm number five on these things, I never want to answer a realm five question. I want to I want to talk about realm one and go. Let's talk about covenant first. I'll get to that. We're gonna to get to that. We're gonna to get to that in maybe a week's time. But right now, we're gonna start on this thing, and I would always start on covenant, teaching your children about covenant. That's all very helpful. It's a sticky wicket, um, at least on the surface, but when you come back to first principles, it seems like things get sorted out a little more easily. Yeah. How, go ahead. Well, I'll just encourage you and all fathers. I mean, the encouragement in, in Deuteronomy 6 is that we talk about God's laws in our comings, in our goings, when you're lying in your bed, and when you're walking with your family. In every kind of situation, we're talking about God's laws and his ways, his Torah. That's his ways and his teachings. So... Once you've established something like this with your children, my children and I, we don't call it this, but we analyze Taylor Swift lyrics that are playing in our car. We analyze Little House on the Prairie, which we watch. We analyze, oh my word, I was watching NBA playoffs today and TikTok commercials came on. And of course, TikTok is of course, trying to normalize every kind of bizarre and perverse relationship they can in everything. So there's men dressed as women, there's drag two, two drag queens together in their 32nd TikTok commercial and NBA playoffs. So what am I doing when those things cross the monitor of my children? We're talking about them and, we, and I'm trying to interpret for them and I'm trying to take them back to God's word and it's very normal and they don't go, Dad, are we talking about the Bible again? It's just, we, we just, I want them to understand. So we, we talk about that stuff regularly. So I would say it, it's important because a lot of men don't do it to just go, we're doing a Bible teaching time now, and Dad is teaching. That right there is profound. But then you also have to have a thousand tiny conversations that's not we're pulling out the big pad now it's just it's a 20 second conversation on the way to school and it's while we're walking the dog and we're talking about that family why did they move out of that house they got divorced what, what is what do you think what does that mean so that's what i think how do you explain to them the mystery of the popular appeal of james corden now, there are some things that, that the, the word doesn't touch on, and so they, they're inscrutable to That's us. That's right. It's like UFOs. Yeah. What are yeah. we supposed to think about UFOs? I don't know, but they need Jesus. What are you supposed to think about James Corden? I don't know, but it shouldn't be popular. I mean, That's I right. know I can say that. I know that's the first question I'm asking the Lord when I get to glory. <laughs> Lord, there are so many people with just a modicum of talent who could have handled the late. And he, and he's going, I, I, I know what you're going to say. I, I, the I, last 10 guys asked the I've same question. I've heard this question so many, you know what? It's on a Q and a page that I'm putting up that you can just, I'm sick of answering this about James. Is it about James Corden? It's either about James Corden or Shania Twain, but I, 
Uh, let me pull now, up the PowerPoint. Hold on a second. What are you saying about Shania Twain? Uh, anything negative I could. Oh, really? Man, I feel like a woman. She didn't write those songs. Her husband wrote those songs, but she's super talented, I think. I'll lay out on that. Last question. I'm sure you've thought it. Here we are in the midst of the NBA playoffs. What's on the back of your jersey? You suddenly get called up to the big leagues. You're playing in the Mavs. Uh, you're out there with uh, unpronounceable. And what's on the back of Stephen Manuel's jersey? Here's the big. Here's the big hit. We're going to close with this. All right. right at the top. Covenant. That's what I'm putting at the top of my jersey. Covenant. Deal with. That's it. called. Okay. That's called a callback. That's right. Thank All you for your listeners. time, Jeff. Thank you for your time, Stephen. All right. See you later. Stay aware.